Welcome to the Fit Dad Club podcast. My name is Travis Jones. I'm here with Jason Barrett for another episode of the Fit Dad Club podcast. Now, with these guys, I hope we're listening in. We're going to talk about, you know, Christmas today. We're going to talk about how to deal with other people around Christmas. Sometimes your extended family um, and their comments and criticism um, that they could be having towards you around your weight loss or food choices or just how to deal with the sometimes stress and anxiety it can be converging 5,000 people, it feels like, even if it's maybe five, into one household for a extended period of time, whether that be 24, 48 hours. Um, if any of my in-laws are listening to this, this has nothing to do with you and everything mm. to do with me. Uh, <laughs> so this is not my personal anecdotes. Uh, Jace, how are you doing today, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Same thing for any of my in-laws. This is all. These are all the theoretical in-laws, right? Yeah. It's, it's it's um. But look, if you hear any of these things and you think, oh, I've said that to someone before, or I've uh, I've done that to someone in the past, then uh, just you know maybe consider changing your approach a little bit. Eh? Just just uh, just a bit of friendly friendly uh, non-committal advice there. But um, yeah, it's it, dealing with the social pressures of. Um, there, there's, I think there's two key places you tend to get your big social pressure from, and that's your workplace and your family. Those are the two big areas. And then, you know, to a lesser extent as well, your, your mates, but a lot of us, you know, the mates tend to be the people that we work with as well. Um, but the, those groups of people are the ones that exert the most social pressure, uh, and have often the most impact on us when they make comments or have feedback or say things to us. So you've got to just be aware of the power. And we've talked about this before, the power that the people that you surround yourself with, um, that that has and there's a reason why some people you only see once a year at christmas um and it's potentially just reminding yourself of that and reminding yourself as well of um one of my favorite uh favorite quotes um is all judgment is self-judgment so Mm. whenever you hear something coming out of someone else's mouth instead of taking it as an offense or something for you it's thinking, oh, well, what does that reflect about the other person? And that's kind of going to be the big theme of how do you stay sort of mentally tough and strong through this period when there are going to be people that make comments? Because as much as we can put on a brave front, sometimes comments can get to you about um, you know, over and over again, someone nagging you like, oh, how come you're picking that? Oh, you, uh, you must be on your fitness thing. Yep, you're doing another one of those. You know, all of those other random little comments that you can get that kind of eat away at your confidence, remind you of all the times in the past where you maybe weren't successful in doing what you'd like to do. Um, and those those little uh, it's like death by a thousand cuts a lot of the times it's not like one person got to be like oh you're a fat cunt um, although that <laughs> you might have that one uncle right um, but it's not sledgehammer to the face it's always just death by a thousand cuts so mm. um, you've got to learn to not take those little ones on board so that they don't amount to the sort of the big thing and that's kind of what we want to talk about today exactly mate and i think when we're looking at this it kind of reminds me of the victor victor frankel quote which is like you know you can do anything to me except take the, the last of the human freedoms which is choose one's own way in any given circumstance now i'm not saying that going into your christmas with your family is like going into the holocaust that's not at all i but i am saying it is they they may say some things to you but you get to choose how you get to respond they don't get to make you feel less of or worse because of their comments. You get to choose the emotion that you attach to the comments they're giving to you. So please remember that. And I think the other thing that, you know, Victor Frankl really does talk about is that stimulus and response. The stimulus being the person talking to you or the environment that you're in. And then you also always get to choose how you get to respond. That is your response ability, your ability to respond. It's your responsibility to stay I guess, stoic with your choices and not be swayed by other people's choices to, you know, fit in. Okay. Mm. Um, And it happens with food. It happens with alcohol. It happens with a lot of things. And I think the biggest thing to start with, it it does happen with food a lot of the time. Now, this is even if you're not tracking, if you're tracking on Christmas day and you've got a nap out and you're tracking your food, hey, power to you. Me personally, I've sort of pre-planned ahead of time and I post in our dad's group uh, what I'll kind of be eating on that day. And it's not me going, oh, I'm weighing my ham out today. Like I won't be doing that at Christmas. Um, but I will have, you know, some prawns. I will have 100 grams of ham. I can eyeball it quite well. I have some turkey. Um, I'll be sticking to the potatoes. I'll have some salad. But I, I know what the quantities I have and I know I can eyeball it to have those calories that I'm allotting to myself 
yourself so I don't blow my calorie budget too much. Now, if you're doing that and you go, no, I, I think that's one thing. I think weighing, getting out some scales at your mum's dinner and weighing her food and, and tracking, I think that's another thing. If you do that, hey, power to you again. Um, but I think what you have to do is you have to understand how to deal with comments um, mm. on food choices and you have to sort of set boundaries at the start. So it's understanding you know, you know what you're going into it with what type of plan and you have the right to make decisions around your diet, okay, without feeling pressured or judged on anyone because this is your life. You're putting the food into your mouth. You know, people can't pressure you or judge you. And I think that's a, a big thing that, you know, especially with alcohol, um, you know, over the years as I drink less and less alcohol and I, I pretty much never drink now, maybe I'll probably have a whiskey once a month, maybe. Um, and that's like a, a single whiskey. <laughs> um, but like at the start, people would be, you know, try to approach you. It's like, have a beer. What's wrong with you? Like, why aren't you having a beer? Um, you know, have another drink. Well, you're not being fun because they link fun with alcohol. Um, and again, that's them. But as you do it over time, people say it less and less about you because they don't get one, the reaction they're looking for, or they just understand that you say no. And it's like, no, it's okay. If I want a drink, I'll have a drink. Same thing. If you want the mac and cheese, you'll have the mac and cheese or whatever's on the table. But I think you have to be clear within yourself to start with of setting clear boundaries and you know whether you're going to discuss food choices or not. And I think that's a big thing. It's like setting those initial boundaries to start with. Hmm. Most people aren't as, uh, they're not as convicted in their judgment of you as you need to be of your food choices. The The challenge and the issue comes when you're not really sort of 100% all in on your food choices and why you're doing them. And so if you're wishy-washy, the other person will sense and be like, oh, he just wants to let go. He just wants to have fun. I'll just, I'll push him so that he finally fucking forgets this for today. And then that obviously causes a bit of a spiral. So you've got to be, and then they're not like usually that convicted, but if they're more convicted and more sure of themselves than you are about, oh, he should have a beer or he should just have a little bit more. Um, and you're not as sure of yourself and not as, as Trav saying, if you haven't set your boundaries as to what am I going to be choosing? What am I, where's my flexibility? And you're not willing to, I guess, check in with yourself and say, you know, do I feel like a beer or do I not? Am I feeling like, oh, I really want one, but I've just got to say no. And it becomes this fucking fight all day long, as opposed to just having one and enjoying yourself and, and keeping it, you know, uh, from becoming a big blowout, which is what a lot of, you know, a lot of people have that happen when they do try to artificially restrict like really, really hard and they exert all this willpower and it's a fight every single time to say no, then eventually that boils over and then you kind of binge, right? So it's, you've got to understand, um, as Travis saying, set your boundaries. Yeah. I think it's, it's understanding with alcohol, if you're somewhat like Frank the Tank and once it hits your lips, within half an hour, you're streaking around the quad, it's probably not okay to have the beer because you have to understand, do I have a control in this scenario? For me, I don't have a control with a pack of Tim Tams. Like I know that I don't have control. So once it hits my lips, I'm eating a pack of Tim Tams and I'm going from there. It's just, and it's like, there's one or two foods for me, right? If I have a chocolate chip cookie and it's just come out the oven, I'm not having one, right? I, I, if I don't have one, then I won't eat them. But if I have one, I'm having like six or seven. There's like two foods and that's it. But I think it's mm -hmm. it's understanding yourself that if you know you can have one beer or you can have three beers because you're going to have three beers and that's it, then that's fine. But if, if you have one and that opens up the floodgates for you having no self-control whatsoever, then again, mm -hmm. that's another boundary you have to put in place. And, you know, like as, sorry to, to cut you off before, Jace, I think that confidence in yourself like the conviction in your own choices needs to be done. I think especially when you're standing at the table and you're like, when you, when you seem stressed about it, that's when people will start to like hammer you even harder. So you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm supposed to be trying to eat healthy. Which one's more healthy, the potato salad or the, the uh, cauliflower cheese bake? Or, you know, you, you start sort of like stressing about your food choices at the dinner table at Christmas time. People will start to say to you, man, just it's one day my coach told me to have a cheat meal and blah 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 and it's like guys you don't have to track okay mm. but I'm with this is about all those people um who do want to have some form of control knowing that the next day they can get straight back on track with their tracking and keep moving forward so you have to have this like a plan again set boundaries you need to have a plan you need to have conviction and confidence with your choices and you can't go into it 
um, wishy-washy. Otherwise, mm. you know, you know, there's going to be that person who does say something to you and then you can start to take that into a negative spiral from there. Yeah. Uh, my, my personal, I guess, uh, counter to those people, um, the ones that do make the sort of the comments again. Yeah. Once you've got these things in place, right. You've got a rough game plan. You're okay with, Hey, if I do overeat a little bit, you know, let's say, uh, yeah, we've talked about this, like uh, Trav posted in our dad's group. If you overeat by, you know, a thousand calories, that'll, that'll, if you overeat your maintenance by a thousand calories, which for most people would be like 3000 calories in the day, that would still be like 150 grams of fat, maybe if your body metabolized every single excess calorie um, into fat directly, which it doesn't always do. It, other than that, it'll probably just all go straight into your muscles because you've been depleted for so long. If you've been on a diet, you'll just get a massive pump the next day. So do some push-ups uh, before you jump in the pool. You'll have a, have a busting peck. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, pumped, pumped as hell. But um, if you've got all these things in place and you're, okay, cool. I know I can have a little bit more and you're not going to be umming and ahhing. My personal like response is to be abs like absurdly positive like when anyone has like a, a little negative jib or a jab or they say something like oh you know oh you are you tracking that or you is that part of your fitness plan you'd be like yeah actually it is it's, it's going really really well i'm really enjoying it i've lost like you know a couple kilos so far i'm really pumped about it and um yeah just, just going to enjoy the day and then that's it and then it's like it doesn't invite any more comment because you're just they're just like oh fuck you're too positive I don't want to talk to him well it's someone I can I can have a bitch about with the, in the corner and I think mate I, I completely agree with you on that it's like it's using that internal empowerment and then going mm. back in, in with empowered language uh, it's mm. like oh is this your fitness thing oh yeah I try and focus on higher protein which is really good it makes me feel like I'm full for longer and I love it and I've been doing it for a while which is fantastic um, mm. and I don't wake up sluggish the next day how good's that but I think what you have to do is you can be empowerful but then what happens if if you've, if you've gotten to this journey and you're like 10 to 15 kilos down or maybe just five kilos down, you can start becoming preachy. I think the mm. other angle of like people coming in and um, coming at you going, oh man, like, what are you doing? If you come back at them and start going, you're eating too many calories. Oh, you have to do 500 burpees to burn off that pavlova. Mm. Oh, did you know this? Like people don't care. It's Christmas. Right. Yeah. So I think at the same the time, swings too you far need the other way. <laughs> exactly. You can't swing it back and smack them straight in the face. Like people don't want you to be a preacher because, you know, food choices or dieting is like a religion. And all of a sudden you've got Aunt Janice, the, the vegetarian coming at you, talking about how you're killing animals. And you've got, you know, the person who doesn't think that, you know, they're on the carnivore diets there and they're just eating all the ham. And, then, you know, you've got all these different dogmas around different foods. So I think if you start preaching, then you just into a food argument, which is then causes further stress. So I think what you have to do is if people ask, you can then, open up a little bit more and then I'll ask more and then you can open up more. But it's like, it's not going into your Christmas trying to educate your family about how they're overeating and are fat. I think that is also the other thing you don't want to do because then you're, you're doing exactly what you don't want them to do to you. Hmm. Yeah. If you feel, again, if you're feeling judged, it's again, all judgment is self-judgment. So if you're feeling judged, it's like, where am I judging people? Right. Where, where, like, uh, that's, that's kind of the dichotomy to look at. And, um, yeah, there's, there's definitely times when you could be like, once you understand this stuff, you want, like, I just want to help them. Cause I'm like, fuck, you know, um, you know, you don't need Karen, you don't need that full plate full of potatoes and cheese, but it's like, now's not the time. No one, they haven't asked for your help. Uh, they haven't uh, asked for your insight. They've not, they've not requested it. Um, for most people listening, you're probably not coaches as well. So there's not that, uh, there's not that sort of history of, oh yeah, this is what you do. And, you know, as coaches will sometimes get this at family events and, oh, oh, you know, is this enough? Am I, oh, don't judge me for what I'm eating, right? Oh, I'm having all these things. I'm like, I don't care what you eat. Until you start paying me for coaching, I don't care what you eat. You go for gold. If you want me to, to take an interest and start taking potatoes off your plate, start transferring me some money. I'll take a, a potato for every dollar. Um, we'll, get, we'll get lean in no time. But um, yeah, as Travis saying, you don't want to be like evangelical about it because for a lot of people, their food choices, they feel like it's a reflection of them. Uh, and they almost mm. take it on as their identity. And especially when they say, oh, I'm a vegan, I am a carnivore, I am a vegetarian, whatever. Um, but even beyond that, people think that their food choices are them. And we do the same thing as well. Um, if people criticize your food choices, if you're trying to you know, lose a bit of weight and you're trying to you know, not have the thing, then you'll feel like it's a criticism of yourself. But it's not. It's just a choice that you're making. 
right? It's the the choice that you're making with your goals in mind. That's all that it is. So, um, but other people have the same level of attachment to their food choices because you know, like maybe it's full circle. You are what you eat, therefore you are your food choices. Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> But having having that uh, that self empowering language that you use for yourself, and that you just yeah you keep it short, you keep it simple. And um, one thing I was telling one of my guys when it came to especially around the workplace is having an answer preloaded in the back pocket, kind of ready to yeah. go as like your almost like your default response when someone offers you something or encourages you to do something. Um, just like uh, you know, as Trevor was saying before, I'll grab one later if I feel like it, or I'll do one. I'll I'll do that. I'll have that later if I feel like it. Right? That yeah, might be literally. the yeah. That's that's like the default easiest response because then it's not you're not saying no. That's not in my macros, and then it doesn't invite the bigger conversation. Um, but it's like all right, it gives yourself the opportunity to say you know what, if I feel like it later, I'll have it, and that's the truest thing because guess what? Later might be tomorrow, might be in a mm. week's fucking time because guess what? Half of this food isn't going anywhere and half of it usually isn't you know that special like um like me personally i'm gonna home cure and uh and smoke and glaze a ham um which is something that i'm trying to do each year so yeah that's a food that we don't normally have at any other time but if i really fucking wanted it i could just go out and get a ham put it in the fridge uh, in the brine for like a week and then smoke it it's not that hard right i could do it same thing with all the chocolates and all the treats and all the biscuits and all that sort of stuff if i wanted one the week after Christmas, I could get one the week after Christmas. Mm -hmm. So knowing that it's not scarce, it's not like limited to this one day, all these foods, you can repeat that to yourself and you can use that out loud as well. I'll have one later if I feel like it. It's if not that's your, your last response. Yeah, yeah, exactly it's your... right. It's not, it's not your final <laughs> meal on death row. Like <laughs> you're not about to be executed and you've got to fit everything in. But I'll yeah. like... I would recommend this for almost everyone just to have in their back pocket. It's like, I'll have one later. I'll have that later if I feel like it. If you're uncomfortable, if you're not 100% sure if you feel like it, if you're uncomfortable being like directly just saying no or whatever, uh, or you just, you don't want to rule yourself out. Or you don't want someone to be like, oh, you said you weren't going to have this and now you're having one and then you've got to go through that bullshit. I'll have one later if I feel like it. Yeah. So I, I normally sometimes just I don't feel like a beer at 10 a.m. Yeah, exactly. And I just say not just yet, right? Like I'm like, yeah, not just mm. yet. Um, and then not just yet, just keeps going, not just yet. If I want one later, then I do. I think the big thing is if you say, if you're again, black and white around it, and then you do have it, then people start judging it. Oh, he's broken his diet. Oh my gosh. Or like Whoa. then they start getting, they, especially if the drinks are flowing, they start to get fucking annoying. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just having your default responses up your back sleeves, up your, up your sleeve. So I think it's like setting your boundaries is you, you want to make sure that you have confidence with your choices. So going into with a bit of a preparation um, around these social situations and um, with what you're eating, it's kind of, you can help educate them if they ask, but don't be preachy because we don't want that. You need to empower, have empowerment language, understanding it's it's more about them than about you. And it's okay to be in line with your choices because this is about you. And also I think lastly, mm -hmm. it's like, just refocus the conversation. If they start asking, oh man, look, oh, you're doing this calorie thing. I was like, just go, just cut it short. Yeah, man, it's really good. I feel so great. Oh, how about those West Coast Eagles? They weren't they crap this year? <laughs> yes, yes they were. No, we, let's ha <laughs> what happened to refocusing to a positive fucking conversation? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, refocus to whatever you want. Hobart doesn't even have a footy team. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> the next thing, guys, is I think a big one that not only happens around Christmas. But it, like it happens all throughout the year. But what you're going to be seeing is you'll see extended family that might, you might not have seen since last Christmas. And this is a big thing, which is dealing with like negative comments around weight loss because it happens. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's people are, you know, when you're tracking your food and also negative comments around tracking your food. Like, as Jay said before, it, this is so much more of a reflection on the other person than on you. I, I think you have to understand that. Oh, you've lost too much weight. Like, if if they're saying you've lost too much weight or, oh, haven't you done enough so far? Or you're looking skinny. Or have, have you got an illness? Like, they'll literally, like, a couple of my guys will be like, do you know, yeah, literally, it's like you got cancer. I was like, mate, cancer is not a joke. Like, we don't talk joke about that. And like, them, mm. you know, the Aussie thing is to be as rash and crass as possible. Um, and I'm like, they have to be prepped on how to respond to this, and also understand because then 
then again, if we're not certain with ourselves or the process, because when we're looking at losing weight, right, especially if we've got like 20, 30 kilos to lose um, and you might not have much muscle mass, when you're losing it and you're 20 kilos down, you might look a little bit skinny. You're going to put on a little bit muscle mass, but maybe you had a little bit of muscle mass before and you had a whole lot of fat mass. So someone who's like a, a, you know, a six foot frame and they've lost a bunch of weight, you know, you're like, oh, you mate, you're looking too skinny. You've gone too far. Well, they don't know you've just gone into a 16 week or you've been cutting down for the last 20 weeks and you're going to go into a surplus and focus on lean muscle gain next year um, on going through a lean bulk and keeping those calories low. They just don't know the process that you're going through or you might not be as certain about the process you're going through either. So I think you have to understand that one Talk to your coach about it. So like I'll talk to my guys about it, the process, and help them understand and be educated around their journey. And then help, help them understand. It's like, it's one, it's insecurity from them, right? You know, negative comments from other people comes from other people's insecurities. It's They could be seeing you succeed at weight loss and being disciplined about your food. And that might trigger feelings of inadequacy of them. I think that's a big thing because people feel inadequate. So they start to be insecure. So then they start to pick on you and go, mate, you've lost too much weight. What's wrong with you? Like, are you still doing that fitness thing? Like, are you still going to that, doing that gym thing? Like it's a thing you're supposed to stop. And it's like, no, this is me for life. Life. Like get used to it, mate. And I think insecurity is a big thing that they have to. Yet you have to understand, and then you can empathize with them inside your mind. It's like, wow, this person's actually pretty insecure about this. Maybe like I'll be, uh, I won't come back at them. I will just, you know, reflect in my head, like see the clapping monkey banging the symbols in my head as they're trying to have a go at me, and then I'll just walk away. Um, anything else you want to add to that, Chase? <laughs> Um, I think it is a reflection of where uh, majority of people and majority of society is at as far as acceptance of um, being a bit overweight and that kind of almost being the norm for people. Um, there's, there's, I mean, there's the yeah. movements like, you know, the health at every size and all that kind of stuff. And there's, there's a level of, um, and this is, we've talked about this before, loving and accepting your body, um, you know, the way that it is and still being willing to change it and improve your health, you can do both. Like a lot of people think if you're trying to change your body, you must not like your body or you must not love your body. It's like, no, I love my body. You know, it's done all these different things. It's come overcome all these challenges. It's supported me, you know, through thick and thin. And sometimes right now it's supported me through really thick. Um, it's still holding me up with an extra 20, 30 kilos. All right, let's let's ease the job for the uh, for the body. Let's. I love my body, so I don't want it to have to do as much hard work, right? Maybe that's the, the, the angle, but um, it's kind of normalized being a bit more overweight like you see you you um like australia especially has gotten really really high up there in terms of obesity and, and overweight um the the numbers are just staggering and it just it becomes so normal and it becomes so normalized and people see you and they they have an idea of who you should be because it makes them the most comfortable as Trevor's talking about with the insecurities it makes them comfortable if everyone else is also experiencing it because it becomes normal it's like when you go to school and you're like did anyone else do the homework or study for the test and all you want is your group of friends to go no nah, oh i forgot we had a test oh i didn't study for it either oh i didn't do my homework you want that group camaraderie of, uh, hey if everyone's fucking up then it's okay right it, they can't punish all of us but if um if there's an odd one out who's breaking the mold who's changing things and then you your family you know they're forced to look at someone and go oh it's it, you mean it's not just genetics not just our family we're not just all big boned there's things you can do about it Oh, that's uncomfortable. And then it's going to be like, oh, you look at a bit skinny. You know, you've, you're, you're, you're almost below a hundred kilos. How could you, you know, how, how, how did you get so slim? Yeah. It's like, that's, that's, it's, um, so it's just really understanding that from a lot of people, as Trav's saying, it comes from a projection, a place of insecurity and, um, you know, they're not comfortable with their own bodies and their own selves. So they, and, and they're not comfortable with change. A lot of the time people aren't comfortable, aren't happy with change. They think, um, you know, if I, if someone loses weight, they're not going to, Maybe it's a you know a, a cousin or a brother or an auntie or whatever. They oh, normally we like to go out to dinner and have a few beers and be friends and hang out. And it's like that's their form of connection. And they're going to lose that because you're not doing that anymore. And there's there's like there's a lot of deeper stuff from people. Mm. And that's why what I kind of tend to think about when someone is projecting and saying something like, and I wonder where this is really coming from. Um, Obviously, don't say that out loud unless you uh, unless you're a trained psychologist and you're ready to get into a session with them. But I wouldn't recommend I wouldn't recommend saying it out loud. Um, but are yeah, you, this, are you projecting is, right now, Jace? <laughs> yeah, are, you, are you projecting your insecurities upon me? Uh, is my weight loss making you feel self conscious? Like, no, 
yeah. is definitely not the uh, how are your one. how are your issues with your mum today like let me know about them. <laughs> yeah it was like it'd go full tony robbins well, what's your relationship with your father it's like, oh, here we go. um no the uh that that's that's pretty much it for me it's like just understanding yeah there's going to be um there's just going to be some stuff for people like there's all sorts of deep-seated um things that go on it's your journey is your journey it's no one else's um you're the you and your coach are the only ones that can really be the the the, um critiquers of your journey and your process and um that's the way it should be and that's the way you should keep the keep the focus like um you you can kind of yeah lose perspective when you're around people who are always bigger all the time all of a sudden seeing your six-pack and having your face you know come in at the neckline and and be a bit leaner is uh is, is weird because no one else has that everyone else has puffy cheeks and a double chin so um yeah you've just you've got to keep your goals front and center i think like when we look at it jays it, it happens with money and also happens with like getting quite fit um mm. and it also happens with really great relationships right so you know, say you've got like 20 kilos to lose and you lose the first seven, people are really happy with you. It's like, oh, good work, Jace. Like you lost your first seven kilos. You might be really good. And then all of a sudden, Jace loses the other 13. He has abs and they're like, oh, he must be on steroids. He must be like not eating at all. And they start to actually demonize when people get to the upper echelon of the goal was like, cause one, like 1% of the, the population has abs, right? So if you have abs and it's the same as like, if you make a million dollars, oh, he must've ripped people off. Oh, he, he, he never sees his family cause he works so hard and that's how they make money. Or if your relationship's really good, they're like, oh yeah, but I bet they haven't slept together in three months. Like we'll, you'll start to negative, like when you start to like achieve goals, beyond what people are happy for you to achieve. So you, they want you to achieve, but just not too much to make them feel uncomfortable. And then if you achieve too much, they'll pull you back down or they want mm. to pull you back down to make themselves feel better. So just it's, it's understanding that it's nothing about you. It's everything about them. I think that's a big thing, especially if you, you're, and only ever happens when you surpass their expectations of what you should be achieving. Okay, mm. remember, that's it. Okay, no one be- who's doing better than you is going to tell you that you're doing too much. So if you're one of your, um, you know, cousins, he runs marathons, he lifts, he loves his like tracking his food. He's super healthy. And all of a sudden you've lost 10 kilos. You're trying to track your food and doing the gym three times a week for 30 minutes. He isn't going to come up to you and go, Jason, you're way too obsessed. What's wrong with you? Like they just won't. He'd be like, oh, mate, how's the gym thing going? Yeah, literally. Like, no, but what he'll do, because people are doing better than us or who are further along the journey than us, they'll go, oh, Jace, you know, like they'll ask you and they will like try and again communicate with you. Oh, do you need any help with anything? How's that gym thing going? Like, are you still training? Like, how's your nutrition going? Oh, tell me how you're doing that. And they'll be super interested and trying to be helpful. Same as people, again, making more money. They will try and help you. People ahead in the journey will try and pull people along. Because they want more people to succeed. People they behind want more company. They you don't want to be the, the journey. only people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But everyone wants more company. That's the thing. And mm. you're somewhere in the journey and there's people ahead of you and there's people behind you. So the, the unfortunate thing, if all your family and friends and um, extended family are behind you on the journey, that's, that's a rough environment to be around. And that's why we're empowering you. But if someone's ahead of the journey, just try and hang around them at Christmas because it's going to be really fun for you. And it's got someone you can talk to and someone's going to lift you up. So I think with this, it's just making sure, guys, like it's, it is insecurity. It is projection. Sometimes it's misunderstanding because people don't understand nutrition and training properly. So like, oh, you're, you're doing that keto thing or you're doing that carnival thing or you're doing that low carb thing. And they'll start trying to preach to you again, maybe because they have a lack of understanding about what you're doing currently. So if they try and start to... Um, bring you down. It's like, Hey man, I'll give you my number of my coach and you can have a call with him and see if you want to do this and just pass them on our number. Yeah, um, right. and just, just cut the, the conversation. Yeah. Pass them on to the podcast. Like, just <laughs> like, like oh no, look, yeah, exactly. It, it's like, hands off the wheel. I, I, it's not my stuff. I'm just listening to these two guys. Their dads they're from Australia. You yeah, know, it's two guys. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're doing. They're, they're trying to help me out. Like, I'm just following it. I'm getting results. What the fuck? I don't know. Yep, exactly, exactly. They're my Google Maps, and I just listen to them and follow where they tell me to go. Um, so I down think in three hundred calories. Exactly. Um, so again, guys, so how to deal with these negative criticisms is like you have to have some form of empathy. So help them understand that 
uh, help you understand that it's not about you. It is about them. And these people are also facing their own challenges. Maybe this year they've tried to lose weight a bunch of times and they couldn't. And now they're really feeling down about themselves. Like I'm not good enough and all the rest of it. So you have to have some empathy towards them. You have to highlight like, other successes when you're talking to them oh you've lost so much weight and you'd be like dude you have no idea i'm running more now i have more energy with my kids like i feel like i'm a better dad right now like you know it depends what you do i get laid like three times a week Uh, i'm like whatever it is you want to talk about you talk about but it's like don't focus on the weight shift it away from the weight to all these other areas of your life that are better and they'll they'll go oh okay like they're not going to say well but you don't want as much energy with your kids, do you? Like they won't say it. So if you like sort of defer to highlighting other areas of success and take it away, the label of weight, then I think that's a big thing. And then obviously just again, you know, you want to just continue to build your confidence. And like, remember your self-worth is never determined about anyone else's opinion on you, right? No one can make you feel good or bad. Like you're, what they're saying to you, you get to choose always how to respond. So like they can't make you feel good or bad. You feel good or bad um, based off that. I think that's a big thing. Um, I think when we're looking at this, it sort of swings the other way because there's negative comments around weight loss, but there's also positive comments around weight loss. So if someone's like, oh man, like you've lost 10 kilos, like you're looking really good. Like again guys like you don't want to start preaching at them like just express some gratitude towards them it's like yeah thank you i feel really good right now i appreciate it because like i just i I love how i feel within myself right now so thanks for the compliment Mm. Uh, and like that's it again don't go into preaching in evangelical mode um as jay said i think also it's, it's making sure that we have, again, these boundaries about what you're going to discuss and what you're not going to discuss because, again, it's like about you and your coach and that's who the really the journey is and maybe your wife, okay? I think it's really understanding that and always focusing on the non-appearance-based achievements that you've had. Like I've had guys like run marathons, do ultra marathons, hit 10K PBs, run 5Ks, do their first 2Ks ever. Jace ran one and a half Ks the other day. Like, no, yeah, right. I'm joking. First you hit three Ks. Three Ks. Day, three I'm, 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 uh, I'm pumped to do another one today. I might do three and a half. I'll see if I can find a, a trail or a route that does that. I'll be back. I'll be back into it. But another one as well, when it comes to positive comments um, is you can often, um, one thing that I don't want you to do as well, especially if you've had some great success is I don't want you to, especially if you get a lot of them, don't downplay it and like brush it off. Mm. Cause that's, that's almost like you're lowering yourself to make other people feel comfortable yeah. again. So it's like, you might get positive comments rather than be like, oh yeah, but I've still got a really long way to go. It's like, no one likes that person who's number one doing, potentially doing right. better than them uh, in the journey. And he's like, oh yeah, but I've still got a long way to go. I'm still not happy. I'm still do, 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 do. Just like, this is, and this is a big thing for guys and I mean, people in general, I think women struggle with this, especially accept the fucking compliment. Just like have the first words that come, come out of your mouth be, thanks, appreciate that, man. I've been, I've been working really hard. That's it. That's all it exactly. needs to be. But yeah, not that's it. not like pushing yourself down, squashing yourself into a box. I think that's a, again, it's a very Australian thing, Jace. Like you mm. know, when we're when when we're doing well, we don't want to upplay it in case we make other people feel bad. Whereas, like if you're doing well, man, like like that's okay. You're doing well. But then when mm. we're doing bad, and someone else is like, "Oh, I've had a bad day today." So if Jace is like, "Oh, I had, I've had," it says to me, "Like I've had shit," it's like. You've had a shit day. Well, guess what my day has been like. And I try and tell, I try and one up Jace on his shit day and show him how my day was even shitter. It's like we always want to one up someone. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, So we always want to one up someone on the bad stuff, except we're afraid of even just taking a compliment on the good stuff. So let's like have a conscious effort to reverse the the negative self talk and also downplaying the achievements that you have had because of a lot of the time we fall into a void of unfulfillment when we do that because mm-hmm. we aren't at our goal yet and we downplay what we've achieved so far so we're somewhere in this like um you know the unpromised land and we're like oh like i just don't feel good and you have to reflect back and it's like yeah man it's been a really good year like i've had ups and downs but you know i've been consistent and i feel so much better for it and and like you have to actually just 
And you have to do this to yourself as well, guys, this year on your projection over the year, like we talked about last week. Like, don't downplay how good you've been this year. If you've managed to do two workouts a week, every week on average, instead of last year, you did none. Like, that's amazing. You're going to be like 100 workouts deeper. Your future self is thanking you for that. So it's like, Mm. if you've lost five kilos only this year, if you've lost 10, if you've lost two, well, you lost two more than last year. Do that over the next 10 years. You're 20 kilos down. Good work. Like, it might be slow progress, but progress is better than no progress, right? Mm. So... I think it's making sure we have that. Uh, I think, again, guys, so we, we've talked about dealing with negative comments, positive comments. We talked about food choices. I think it's the just general stress um, on days like this. Um, so it's not just the stress of um, them talking to you and then that can make you eat more or eat less. It's just these are days that can be quite stressful. And we and like some people don't look forward to them. Uh, now... I know my coping strategies with it and I'm going to share some of those and they might not be good for you, but Travis good runs for me. an ultramarathon um, away from where it is and then comes back three hours exactly. later. Done. I'm like, catch me. Insane that guys, I did run last weekend. If anyone is, uh, we did have the ultra on the weekend. And I would say that the Bruni ultra is a 64 kilometer ultra, just, you know, side tangent on the weekends, my wife, her cousin, her cousin's wife, a couple of my kids, my wife's dad, they did a, a tandem 64 kilometers so it's like a relay someone starts someone stops my wife ran her furthest ever which was 16 kilometers and then she jumped in with me and ran another four kilometers so she ran 20 k's the furthest she'd ever run before that is 10 k's so like shout out to live like you're a fucking rock star um like yeah man like she crushed it she crushed it like i'm so she's my inspiration but like when i when i look at one the event in general I'm going to try and get a fit dad's team together hundred percent next year. Cause it was just an amazing event and amazing event for families as well. Um, but mm. I was going to go for the 64 Ks in total. It was two weeks after I got my appendix out. I said to live, like I'll assess every changeover that they had um, on how I'm going. I ran 40 Ks um, and then I called it quits. So I ran a marathon. I did 42 Ks um, cause I did the last two Ks as well with the boys. But um, 38 Ks in, my stomach started hurting and I'm not a doctor. So I don't know if it's like why I was cramping, but my stomach started to hurt a fair bit. And I was like, I hope I haven't ruptured anything internally. So, you know, I said, I'll run this sort of downhill segment down to the 40 Ks. I'll do the last two Ks with the kids. So instead of doing the 64, I did a a marathon, Um, but it was a good day. So if anyone was wondering, did I cop out? Did I do it or anything like that? Or maybe no one was wondering. I just wanted a a pat on the back. I did a marathon on the weekend, two weeks after surgery. So only, thank you guys. Only Trav would say, uh, <laughs> I wonder if anyone thinks I've copped out uh, after doing, having major surgery with uh, stitches and having a piece of his body taken out. I go, man, I hope people didn't think I copped out of the ultra. Oh, appendix was going to burst. And it was emergency surgery. <laughs> now I've got no excuse to, uh, to not run less than three and a half Ks today. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but guys, when we're coming into this and dealing with family stress, okay, you have to understand one, you have to come into your day with realistic expectations. If you think it depends on your family, if you think there's going to be zero drama and you're going to love every minute of every second, every second of every minute for the seven hours that you're going to be around everyone, like you're probably going into it with unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. because there's always going to be some drama. There's always going to be something happening. Some, you know, Uncle Bob's always going to say something inappropriate. Like everyone has someone that's going to do something that's ridiculous. And I think if we go into it with unrealistic expectations, like someone's not going to comment on, on you and your body, it's like, I think you have to expect it. And if you expect for the worst and hope for the best or whatever it is, that's that's that saying, then we can deal with it quite easily. So you need to come into it with realistic, realistic expectations for the day. And if you can do this, then we can sort of approach it with like when things don't go to plan or someone does say something to me, I know how to interact with the stressful situation. And Mm -hmm. I don't, uh, and again, guys, we're, we're say like, we're running at say like a, a, a baseline. Okay. And when someone says something to us negative, we decrease our frequency and start to feel negative-based emotions. We're not talking about food here, and we're not talking about training or your weight loss. We're just talking about in general with stressful situations or negative situations, right? So you're running a baseline. Someone says something negative. We go into low frequency. When we feel low frequency emotions, we either want to do one or two things, right? We want to either blunt the emotions, which is overconsumption of alcohol, because that means you feel nothing, 
or we overconsume food, which are going to give you that spike of like dopamine, which is going to make you feel good. So we either blunt emotions altogether, or we try and do something that's going to make us feel good, which for most Australians um, is eating a lot of more food based on the um, obesity and overweight percentage of Australian population at the moment being 68%. And with guys over 45, I think it's approximately 80%. Um, so one in five dads are overweight or obese now. So like it, it's, it's quite insane. So I think you have to go into it with realistic expectations. And then because you understand you have these Indies, expectation that something is going to happen, then you need to have a plan in place for this. So our plan isn't to just get blind drunk and say something inappropriate back to Uncle Bob. Like, I, I don't think that's the right plan of attack. Um, I think the right plan of attack is having um, ways to deal with it, right? You know, you go for a walk or disengage in the conversation. I agree, you know, you could go play with the kids, right? Mm -hmm. Like my go-tos, Jace, I'm going to tell you my go-tos. Whenever I'm at really any functions, because people, <laughs> any functions, right? Literally any functions. Um, people who know me, like I'm actually quite introverted. Like I'm, ambi I'm an ambivert. Like I chose a profession, which is I'm coaching like 20 people at a time with huge, huge high energy. And I'm doing like podcasts with you and like, and that's why I'm not on social media as much at the moment. Cause like when I give so much energy out, like I don't have as much energy to then relay back out. I need to have uptime and then I need to have extreme downtime. And if I have too much uptime for me, it actually causes a bit of anxiety and I don't like it. And this is exactly the same in these, in these situations for me. Cause like a lot of people to me is like 10. Okay. And if I'm around like 10 people, I'm like, I need to disengage because I can't deal with so much noise around me. I think I'm on the spectrum. Maybe I don't know. Um, like too much noise, even when I'm in the car, like if, if like the radio's on and something else is happening in the backseat, like I can't deal with two noises at the front or behind me at once. Like it causes me like some form of like stress or anxiety. So I'm like always turn one down, but too many people gets me going. So I, either, I'm always the guy cooking the barbecue because you know what? No one stands around the barbecue except one other person. So I am always the barbecue guy. Like and I, and I'm like, no, I'll well. cook the barbecue. People like, I don't want to chat. They're just like, hundred percent, man. I can turn them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, <laughs> exactly. And like, I, I'm always the person. Like the day I had my appendix out, like that night, it was my cousin's fortieth. I was like, I still cooked the barbecue that night because it was his fortieth party. I know I didn't want to be around him. I was like, no, I'm going to stand at the barbecue. No one's going to be around me because I'm not in the mood because I had surgery like six hours earlier. Uh, but I was like, I was, I'll always cook the barbecue because there's going to be one or two people around me and that's it. So that's my go-to there. My next go-to is going to play with kids. Like I can deal with kids way better than I can deal with too many adults, right? Because mm -hmm. I can be the joker. I can play around with them. I can run around. I can go down the water slides. I can make them laugh, make them happy. I'll kick the soccer ball with them. Like, and no one, and it's like, again, no one ever judges you for just going off and playing with the kids right? Because you're the guy that was keeping their, them allowing to eat the food and drink the alcohol and their kids aren't bothering them. So like you're the great uncle. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's like my go-to is go play with kids, go cook the barbecue. And the other one for me is like, I just, I, people know now when I've had enough, uh, I'll just go sit by myself. Like I'll just go lay down on, on a couch somewhere or go lay down in a bed. Where's Trav? He's going to have a nap for half hour. Like if I've had too much, and I too I like I've had too much um, stimulus coming in, I, I will disengage from the stimulus for half an hour so I can actually re-engage properly. Because if I try and push it too far, then I, like I just become a grumpier version of me. So because mm. I, and I'm aware of this, and you have to be consciously aware of this, and because I am, I know where I'm at, I know when to disengage so I can re-engage as the best version of me again. So th those are my go-to's anyway, mate. Mm. Yeah, I think um. The biggest thing there, the biggest thing that stuck out to me is knowing yourself, right? Knowing your own patterns, knowing your own um, cues and, and the things that you can and can't tolerate. Um, I would cook the barbecue personally because I am uh, a cooking nerd and I wouldn't trust anyone else to actually get it right. Um, so that's that's why I'm not. Uh, speaking of barbecues, predict a rant coming out from me about sausages uh, and how shit they are for everybody. Um, I've had at least three conversations with Dazzle who've been like, man, Sausages are fucked. I was like, yeah, you have between six and eight sausages yeah. in a day. Let's say you have three or four for breakfast or three or four for lunch, three or four for dinner. That's 2000 calories. That's your whole fucking day just in right. sausages and you're still hungry. That doesn't count the bread. That doesn't count the potato salad. Because no, no, no one has one sausage. <laughs> you don't. No, no. no one has one sausage. 100%. 
Exactly, exactly. Unless you've got eight sausages for eight people, you just plan them exactly right. It's it's not happening. Um, but for me, I think it's yeah, knowing yourself and knowing what is my bandwidth, what is my tolerance for this, um, and and honoring that. And then also just like not bullshitting, not trying to make up excuses for people. You might have to go into you know another room and and you know, just sit down, just you know, maybe if it's even play on your phone for a little bit, if, you, if that's like what you want to do, or just like scroll a social media just to take your mind off things, or just sit and close your eyes for a bit and breathe and you know digest the food or whatever. Um, and yeah, someone's like, oh, what's wrong? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I just need a, just need a moment. You can just you know decompress. There's a lot going on today and. Christmas is always going to be, you know, for a lot of people, it's going to be relatively stressful um, until you get like, especially for us, like we're going, we've got a one-year-old, we're driving from one house to another house <laughs> and we're going to have our Christmas morning and we're going to have another Christmas lunch. And then we're going to go from Christmas lunch to like Christmas afternoon slash evening, all hopefully fingers crossed, you know, my daughter sleeps in the 45 minute car ride from one house to the other house. Like if, it, if she doesn't, then, you know, fun and games for us i guess um yep. but yeah those, those are all things that may be very stressful and you know um we get there we catch up with people and it's like you know i'm just going to take five um you know even if it's just like hey i just need to, i'm going to run to the bathroom sit there lock the door um find the private ensuite bathroom in the back of the house and just sit there for a couple of minutes right but um I think it's just honoring yourself and knowing, hey, if I need to take some time, take some time, knowing what does de-stress you. Maybe it's jumping in the pool. If you've got a pool, as Trevor's saying, kicking the ball with the kids, um, you know, going for a walk even, but just finding somewhere where you can sit down and just just take a load off for a second um, or, you know, just a quieter area of, of, of Christmas where a couple of people are just sitting down and you just, you know, sit down, grab a bottle of water, chill for a little bit, but yeah. just know yourself, know what works for you. And um, don't be afraid to, you don't have to justify it, but just, you know, be honest and be like, you know, well, just, it's just getting a bit much for me. It's been, it's been a real stressful day. I just want to take a couple of minutes before I get back into it. Cause you know, I need, I need that time before I'm going to be my best self. Mate, a hundred percent agree with you. I think, again, I think you put, you hit the nail on the head. It's, I think it's knowing yourself. And then when I do disengage, like it depends on the stimulus, like, I, I, I personally won't scroll on my phone if I'm trying to disengage because then it doesn't allow me to just de-escalate my, the noise that's in my head. Um, mm. And again, I don't know what other goes on people's other head, in people's other people's heads. I know what goes on in my head. And like, it's just constantly turning a million different things. So I'll just put on like, go to YouTube and I'll put on like a, um, just some like whale music or some like ocean music. And I'll just play it next to me and I'll set a time for 10 minutes. And I'll just close my eyes and if it's a nice summer day, I'll just go lay down literally in the shade, listen to like, some whale music um, and I'll feel great because mm. I've completely disengaged with anything other than just being still for 10 minutes and just being still from 10 minutes. It, I'm not saying you're in a fight or flight mode inside Christmas, but you're in a hyper aroused mode, right? So like, especially if you've got young kids and lots of young kids and lots of different conversations. So all we're trying to do is like, just take you down just a little bit, right? Just take you down a peg and just being with yourself and just breathing and focusing on like you do some box breathing, breathing for four seconds, hold four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold for four seconds. That will keep uh, completely bring you down to equilibrium to allow you to engage and just truly love your family again and appreciate it. It's like, remember guys, trade expectation for appreciation right mm -hmm. like i don't want to, i can't remember the full quote jace probably will but like i think um if we appreciate the the love that our family has for each other um and we dig take away the expectations on them we'll enjoy the experience so much more you appreciate the fact that they're there with their kids to spend time with you right like it, you have to appreciate that and i think that's a big thing we need to to lead into this day it is the day of giving and it is the day of like being present as well and it's a day of appreciating your family and you know if you don't have family and you're, you're doing it with your friends like it's appreciating the people around you um i think that is a big thing mm, the um two key things that tend to spoil moods and events and anything faster than anything else is unmet expectations and um cross boundaries those are two things that tend to be the biggest issues in terms of like uh i mean from an emotional relationship perspective but even from an event perspective and that's the thing that like that me and you know my wife have talked about a lot is number one 
trying to make Christmas as stress-free as possible for the future. Like eventually get to the point where it's like, hey, open. Anyone wants to come, can come. We're not putting big boundaries and do-do-do around, oh, you can't do this and no one can do this. Like, hey, we'll just keep it open. You know, come from 10, you know, leave at six. That's the the open house, whatever. That Like that's that's the ideal. That's the the lovely expectation scenario we've got. But um, not having crazy expectations around, we have to be here at this time or we have to have this much here. And then we have to do presents at this time. And then we have to do this. Like all of those rigidity rules, like when they eventually, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. As soon as you get punched in the face from a uh, from an expectations and a timeline and planning point of view, someone, oh, I've got this cake. Oh, I want to share this story. And it takes 10 minutes. And then it means that the presents are delayed. And you don't get to the next place, whatever, right? Like all of that stuff doesn't actually fucking matter. And the stress and anxiety that you take into it, trying to make it all right and trying to make, uh, trying to have it fit your expectations is usually what doesn't make it as fun for your kids. Your kids just want to usually be in the moment. And let's be honest, Christmas is not for us anymore. There's a, a, a big realization that we've had lately. We've got a, um, uh, a few a few relatives and, and like siblings and stuff that don't have kids. So Christmas is still kind of for them a little bit because they don't, but then it's like, it's starting to become about the younger generation for us because we've uh, um, the oldest uh, grandchild on my side is, or the oldest, you know, next generation is just over two. And then we've got, um, you know, a couple more and then we've got, you know, some on the other side as well, but it's about the kids now. And that's like, that's the focus. Like Christmas isn't about us. So it's like, kids just want to be in the moment. They just want to enjoy whatever it is that they're doing. They don't want to be, they, they don't give a shit about a clock. I watched a, uh, there was an episode of Bluey, uh, funnily enough, I watched the other day that was like, um, uh, the mum was saying to Bingo, the little girl, um, she's like, you have no idea what a minute is, do you? She's like, no. Nah. She's like, oh, that must be nice. It's like they don't they they like they know what quality time is, but they don't know what the fuck a minute is or ten minutes or it's twenty minutes to get here. So just like let go of expectations, as Travis saying, trade your expectations for appreciations, and the world will change for you in an instant. Um, appreciate what is there, and um, and you know understand what your boundaries are and have them set them early, and then there's not going to be an issue of oh I didn't know I couldn't do this or you know there's no one's going to be crossing your boundaries because they know what they are. But if no one knows what the hell your boundaries are, if you don't know what your boundaries are. You've got to fucking set them. You've got to be aware of them. That's again, knowing yourself, having that conversation with yourself. Hey, what will and won't I tolerate and accept for this, you know, for this day? There's some stuff that, hey, it's Christmas. I can let it go. There's other stuff that's like, hey, that's a big no-no for me. Completely agree, mate. And I think that's an awesome way to wrap up the podcast today, guys. Mm. So hopefully we know exactly how to deal with Christmas, all the love and all the hate and the in-between. Guys, if you want to rock and roll your 2024 and get into the best shape of your life, become to the, the best version of you as a dad with your health and fitness, go to fit-dad.club, um, book in a call. We can see where you are, where you want to be and how to close the gap so we can help you get there because that's what we're all about, helping dads become the best version of them with their health and fitness. So fit-dad.club. Now, guys, also leave a comment, share this with a friend, share this maybe with you know your family before the podcast, uh, before the Christmas, you can share the podcast with them, this exact one. Um, and yep. um, yeah, if you want any other podcast guys, reach out. Let us know what topics you want us to do, and we are always happy to oblige and have a conversation every single week about how helping you become the best version of you. So that is it for me. Peace out. Latest.